You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Chicago White Sox fans. This is Brett Ballantini hosting Chicago Baseball Podcast. Yes, we used to have another name. We are transitioning to our new name, Sox Populi. But right now, I don't know, it might even be changed by the time you're listening to this or seeing our post. But as of right now, you see we are generic, no logo, Chicago Baseball Podcast. So welcome to the Chicago Baseball Podcast. We are happy to bring you information about Chicago Baseball. Not the Cubs, although I guess we might get a little bit of Cubs stuff today because the White Sox played the Cubs uh, today. But I have two of the same family, two on the ground, feet on the ground. It's been two, three years since we had Sean Williams, who is now dearly departed to South Dakota. Uh, So he is far away from Camelback Ranch. Can't really cover it for us very conveniently. Can't take any of those photos that you loved from him a few years back. But we have something even better. It is a mother-son tandem, Melissa Sage Bolenbach and her son Sage, uh, who have been uh, at World Baseball Classic a couple days ago and the last two White Sox games at Camelback Ranch. Should have been three, but Mother Nature plays an ugly... It, it's, it, it rains like one game out uh, uh, <laughs> every spring training, and they happen to be there. For a rain out. Uh, so welcome, Melissa and Sage. Uh, thanks for, first of all, being there and joining me on this podcast. Yeah, it's been a blast. It's like we, we started out, yeah, by our plane being delayed. So we actually <laughs> were planning on going to the to the first game on Tuesday when we got here. So we missed that. And then, yeah, the rain. And so we were like, this is not a good start. <laughs> a little nervous, but we've rebounded. We, we've rebounded and we, we, we brought it home strong. So... Now, it is the first spring training for Sage, but not for you, Melissa. You have been to spring training because I believe you've got like a story about maybe Michael Jordan's first hit or what's going on with that? This is my third spring training. So my very first spring training, 
Um, I was a 22-year-old college student who went with my girlfriends to Sarasota, (laughs) and I talked them into going to a game because we were there. And um, the very first game we went to, I got this cool um, White Sox uh, St. Patrick's Day jersey. I had like my whole $50 I had to spend on spring break. (laughs) My friends are buying, you know, cool clothes and sunglasses, and I'm buying White Sox jersey. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it was the game that Michael Jordan actually got his first hit. So I have a picture, like I don't have a picture of the hit, but I have like a picture taken with one of those old fashioned cameras, you know, that we used to have. (laughs) You can see like this little teeny tiny blurry Michael Jordan. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that was my first one. And then I went in 2003. Um, So that was, yeah, almost 20 years ago, um, just to went with a girlfriend and um, had a great time. And then drug this one. 20 years later. (laughs) 20 years later. Wow. Hey, Generation X represent. I love it. Um, Well, Sage, I have more in common with you in terms of my spring training experience. Uh, The one time I went to spring break in, uh, in Florida, uh, senior high school, it just rained the whole time. I didn't see anything. I don't think my objective was to go to see baseball games, but had I wanted to, it was like ankle deep rain. So that wasn't going to happen. So, uh, I can sympathize with the fact that you guys were late to the first game, then rained out of the second one. And I hope you didn't lose hope, Sage. It was like, man, I'm not going to see any games. I'm supposed to see five and I'm going to end up seeing zero taking this whole ridiculous trip to Arizona to see nothing. So I'm doing, I'm glad you did get to see some baseball. Thank goodness. Jeez. Um, uh, okay. So we've got the game write-ups uh two great pieces from uh, melissa feet on the ground um you know talking i mean the one today against the cubs tie game uh was essentially a recap but of course yesterday she augmented our our coverage with uh some you know news and notes observations um so we won't focus too much i guess on the gameplay but um I guess, first of all, um, from, you know, either one of you, both of you, what's, what's just the feeling, uh, being there? Um, Camel back for you, Melissa, it's been, uh, things have definitely changed, uh, since you've been, um, because that's a number of years and they seem to be tinkering with it every year. Uh, and and I, Sage, I, I, I meant to look it up, but mm-hmm. I think, didn't they used to be with the Diamondbacks? Mm-hmm. And so is that the same facility or different? No, they were in, um, I think they were in Tucson, which is a a lot less convenient. So yeah, this is way more central. You thought you should recognize it. Wow. Your memory's gotten really bad. No, no, no. Tucson is considerably different and yeah, way more out of the way. So I think that was part of it too. You know, Reinsdorf, you know, sort of pulls all the strings there. So I think he said, you know what, this is where I want it. This is how we're going to do it. And, you know, Arizona said, Oh, sure, Jerry. And how about we team you with the, with the Dodgers instead of the Diamondbacks? So uh, yeah, it's way more convenient. I mean, obviously getting to the game in, in Goodyear um, yesterday, you know, just much easier than if you're in Tucson, that's a hoof. So uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, just what was it, was the feeling like, you know, Sage been to bring to plenty of games, even at the, you know, at the big ballpark, uh, you know, in Chicago, obviously it's a lot more intimate. You can get, you know, you can get up close to the players in both spots, but in spring training, it's, it's way more informal. Yeah. Um, I just, it, it's just kind of surreal because like you just see a ton of stuff that you can't able to see yeah. in normal MLB parks. Like when we went to the WBC game, like you couldn't really get up close at all. 
like people were trying to, but you know, you just couldn't. Yeah. But here, like, you know, a lot of people came up. Um, unfortunately, you know, everyone who we kind of wanted to see come up, you know, left when we were the next person that they were going to sign. Yeah. So, you know, but like just still, like everyone was like, like Jake Berger signed for pretty much anybody he could. He got any chance and it's like all you, you saw him, he was assigned in every chance he got. And I real props to him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he. I mean, I, I think we did sort of characterize him as man of the people, and and that is the way he seems to carry himself. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, he's a he's a young guy, so he should be you know somewhat humble and relatable to fans. But uh, you know, listen, he's played in the majors. He doesn't have to be in there. Definitely minor league, even minor league players, much less young major league players, who you know might might turn you know not you know not pointing out anybody but i mean you know, they might turn the other way they certainly won't necessarily have the stamina to relate to fans and uh and sign because you know that that can i suppose that can be taxing i mean you and i think it'd just be fun to do and it probably is somewhat fun to do but i'm sure after a while it's like all right i you know i'm hungry <laughs> i'm dirty yeah. i want to get out of here and like I, w- I won't call this player out but like another young player who's kind of been up and down the last few years he like he signed a couple. And he's like, "Oh, well, I'll come back. I'm I'm gonna do BP and I'll catch you guys when I come back." And then when he came back, he got on the golf cart and he zoomed. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I do. I like, you know, like the the guys that really did spend time and like not only like were signing, but would like chit chat and things. Like, obviously, you don't get that when you go to the park. You you know, it's if you're lucky if you can quick get in an autograph. And they're trying to get through as many as possible. But here, it's like time is a lot less, I don't know, significant, I guess it seems like, you know, and especially because I will give like huge props to Camelback Ranch because they open the facility up at like 9am. So like starting at 9am, you can get in there and you can start wandering around. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't care where you, I mean, obviously there's fenced off areas, but you can wander to any of the fields, whether they're doing, you know, the defensive stuff or the batting practice, the pitchers are practicing, you know, they have it all set up super fan friendly. um, And that, like at the previous two spring trainings I've been to, like I mm-hmm. didn't really ever have that experience. Like they really set this up in a cool way that makes it super fun for fans. Yeah. Sometimes they even have the backfields games going on while there's a camp back ranch. It might not be a White Sox game, but I mean, there could be a Dodgers game going on. Like yesterday, right. I assume Dodgers were playing, but then Giolito was pitching in the backfields. Um, so yeah, it is neat to sort of be able to to roam the the complex. Now, Melissa, something that came out in, in the two pieces you've written were some observations. Uh, I believe yesterday it was of the stretching routine today with some, the, the pop-up drill. Now, of course it's spring training. So this stuff is supposed to be going on. This is, this is not the only time you can call guys out for drills anytime. I'm not sure how much it happens at the major league level and you don't want to fatigue guys, uh, you know, and have them do like an hour of fly ball drills, you know, even if they really need it, because, you know, these guys do have to, you know, play. And as we know, they're a little, they tend to be a little fragile too, but, um, you know, having covered spring training as well and been at the Camelback complex, I mean, we're getting on now, we're two weeks from the season, not to say things have wrapped up, not to say that they're in a major league, uh, game mode yet, but some of that stuff could be already getting dismissed or downplayed, uh, be it the stretching, although that's right up at the, you know, right up at game time. Um, and even the drills. I mean, you could see that maybe being de-emphasized. I don't know what it was like, say, under La Russa the last couple of years. Maybe you wouldn't have seen that. maybe that type of drilling, at least at this stage in spring training. 
you can't really compare it to regular season, but how did it leap out to you, to, to you guys in terms of, you know, maybe a different attitude with the team or just a willingness to put these guys through some paces uh, for a team that probably does need some drilling? I feel like I've observed that in the past, you know, whether it's like pregame or, you know, a little bit in spring training and stuff, but like everybody seemed really like dialed in. Like there weren't like even the guys that were like in the outfield, they were like laser focused on what was going on in the infield, you know? Um, And so again, yeah, I mean, I can't really say what it was like last year with Tony or whatever, but to me, it just seemed like, everybody was super dialed into what, and I mean, Pedro was right there. I mean, he was right there. He Mm. was calling stuff out. He Mm. was super engaged. Um, and like, as well as like the, you know, the other coaches, um, uh, who's the infield guy. My name is going away. The other infield coach guy. Um, but he, yeah, but he like, yeah, I couldn't remember. (laughs) Anyway. Um, and so to me, it just really seemed, like, and, and other people that I was talking to along the fence and stuff, as we were watching, we were all kind of making that observation. So I don't know if it was just us like wishful thinking, like it's yeah. going to be so much different because they're super dialed in, but everybody kind of seemed to be seeing the same thing. Yeah. You remember when Robin Ventura took over the the thing that seemed so cool about what he was doing. I don't know if you recall this, he was doing the, um, they did the, sh- they did the, I think it's called, they did the shadow ball where they would take infield without a baseball and they would mime the actions. Now, I don't know how much that is just novelty. I, I have to assume there is something to it is something that's gone. I mean, for a century of baseball, it's happened, but then that, you know, at some point that went away and I, you know, it'd be interesting to know at some point, I know fatigue will just kick in at some point and, and Pedro's not going to be up at 6am drilling guys and staying up till midnight drilling guys all season long. If he's even doing it now, it'll be interesting to see, especially if they need it, especially if there's cause for it, say no pop-up communication, whether they, they trot that drill back out, even pregame, uh, you know, at the major league level, you know, at, at, you know, Yankee stadium or in Oakland or something when they need it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this, you know, something that might stop, uh, at spring training, uh, stop a month into the season, stop after the season. But, you know, that's that's for the future to determine. But that's it, it, encouraging to hear that he's he's out there very active in the drills. That's who he's been up until getting this manager's job. So, I mean, why wouldn't he still sort of, you know, be the guy who's sort of in the fray, not just um, not just delegating to all his other coaches, but saying, hey, listen, I want to I want to see it with my own eyes. I mean, he does have to make decisions of, you know, who to play, how to play, who to yell at who to pat on the butt, you know, so sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, overall the, uh, aside from the, you know, the newness of going to Campbellbrook Ranch for the first time for, for both of you. Um, and, you know, just, I guess the novelty of spring training, you know, was the, what was the feeling be it with other fans? I mean, you're inclined to want to be optimistic and encouraged and excited to be there. And of course you, you most everybody's made a really long trip to get there. Some people have their flights delayed and all that. Um, so I mean, of course you just want to see the best. You want to be excited. You want to get a little sun on your face because you've been in the snow for 30 months or whatever so uh, you know i mean of course there's that but i mean you know beyond that is you know is is there a little different you know maybe sense right now around this team um i 
feel like there kind of is uh just i feel like just being there is kind of totally like different to the players that rather than like a major league stadium in a way i don't really know how but it just mm-hmm. got that feeling in a way mm-hmm. uh definitely just going there is i i gotta say camel rat camel ranch is definitely better than goodyear by like <laughs> like you walk up to like you're yeah. driving in the good year and you're in this like driving through this field parking lot and there's like rocks everywhere well in camel ranch you know there's like actual like good like siding and everything yeah. the seats were way bigger and it was like oh wow look at this and then you go into good gear and you're like oh well okay they drive <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like their state it's like their big league stadium you go to their big league stadium and you're like Ugh. i mean i'll get to 21 and it's like i don't know if it's number 21 but it's it's 21 20 19 somewhere around there so their minor league facilities are kind of similar <laughs> yeah well you know and it doesn't hurt that the white Sox got to sort of like catch the coattails of the dodgers dodgers probably ain't going to do anything second class so uh That's you know true. That probably helps that they're associated. They, they get to look good by association. Uh, well, let's take, let's take our, our quick break, uh, here. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Forget a break. We don't need to take any break. We got no commercials to run. We're the Chicago <laughs> baseball podcast. Oh, forget about a break. We're not, we're not letting up. You got to keep listening. You don't get to tune out a commercial for even one minute because we got no commercial. We will have commercials at some point as this transition happens. The fans, First sports network. I'll learn to get that out faster. Uh, we'll be doing all the same stuff. I mean, again, there should be a seamless listening experience for you already. We're going to try to reach out and get onto a few more networks beyond just Spotify and Apple and the megaphone. You may be watching or, or listening to us uh, now. I mean, there are big things to come with the podcast, but one thing that isn't coming yet is you having to sit through a Vox commercial break. Wow. Look how trained I am through 139 of these mothership podcasts that I just automatically went into a commercial break. We don't have to take. So now that I've blathered on for about a minute, which we can just call a commercial, we'll call that a commercial. Uh, let's just get podcast commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So welcome back. Even though you didn't leave to the Chicago baseball podcast, I am Brett Valentini with uh podcast veteran at this point, Melissa Sage Bollenbach and First timer, her son, a partner in crime, uh, baseball, uh, ballpark, uh, traveling companion, partner in crime, Sage, uh, both giving us good input on what the experience has been this year with the White Sox and, of course, the Camelback Ranch uh, 2023 experience, uh, because we haven't got that from anybody else uh, associated with the site and probably only been able to trickle in a little bit of stuff through through tweet, tweets and Chuck Garfine's thoughts and, and whatever else. So it's pretty cool to get this first person account coming from Melissa and both uh, Melissa and Sage on this podcast. Uh, before I guess we get to World Baseball Classic, because you got a little bit of a, a taste of that as well. That was your first actual baseball uh, on this trip. Um, uh, other things that we need to sort of uh, cover or talk about or novelties or tips uh, for anybody uh, who might still even be going to Camelback Ranch. We've got a couple weeks left in, in spring training. There still are games to be played. Um, you know, other other things we need to know. I my, my tip would definitely be um, to go when the facility opens. Mm-hmm. So go and take advantage of being able to go on all those fields and interact with the players in different ways, because I don't know. I, we saw like the, I, I forgot to put this in the story even, but we were, we're standing there kind of where they have it, um, the area off where you wait for the players when they're done off the fields. 
And Sage was like, oh my gosh, here comes Liam. And <laughs> Liam was in, he was in one of the golf carts and he, I mean, he had he to be zooms <laughs> 15 miles an hour yeah. while everyone else is driving like 20. Yeah, it's like everyone else, in? you know, is like, like five miles an hour or whatever. Like speed and- limit. And Liam's just like, <laughs> off. like, oh, well, he has somewhere to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Liam. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, like that, like you just, you never know what you're going to see. And so, you know, I think that there were like quite a few fans who like came more at the last minute, like we saw kind of filing into the stadium at the last minute. And like, if you are going to go there and you're going to go to spring training, go and do take it in yeah yeah, go and do the backfields and like you said i mean the dodgers if you have interest in baseball in general you can do the same for the dodgers too there was still a ton of people yeah there watching the dodgers while they were practicing well yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's not like the tickets are cheap so i mean you might as well try to get your full experience i don't think many people are going down there to try to hit although i'm sure it does happen hey they want to try and catch a night game and they want to catch a day game so they might be running between but listen if you're a white Sox fan you're going to be at Camelback Ranch. If you're a White Sox fan, you probably should go, you know, when it opens because, as you pointed out, Melissa, um, you know, they do open it up early enough for you to see, you know, to see the drills, to see the guys just filing through, uh, to see probably some BP, to see guys doing their side work or sliding drills. And that stuff is all, uh, you know, it's pretty novel. I mean, you might be lucky to see a little bit of baseball, uh, a little bit of batting practice uh, at any major league stadium you go to, including uh, at Sox Park. But that's about as close as you're going to get. What? You're going to see them playing catch, warming up before the game to maybe a little long toss i mean that's cool but i mean it's not nearly the behind the curtain experience that you get to see uh at the spring training facility and uh i think that's a great way to say it because i think when you go to games during the season and you have the major leaguers and you just think they're so good at everything and then to see them having to like drill it down to these like nitpicky things and work on them you're like oh like they still have work to do (laughs) like they just don't waltz in and like which maybe was part of the problem in the last yeah. couple. Of years. Maybe there was a little waltzing in of like, I don't need to do much here. Yeah. Um, but that is definitely not the case this year. So, and parking is free. There's my other tip. Oh. Uh, both stadiums yeah, right. went to was a nice uh, perk. I was, you know, expecting to pay my twenty dollars, mm-hmm. but it was free. So. Yeah, I remember uh, covering because I think at the time, at least Cleveland was. Uh, do they still share with Cincinnati? I I, I thought that they yeah. were yes. maybe sharing that park. Okay, yes. I remember for for media, you could you could go and get uh you could get a Diet Coke out of the mini fridge in the back of the press box. So you know the, the little perks matter. And yes, you're right. The I mean, this is things you overlook. And and actually, that was news to me that they don't charge you the park because that was never my experience going in as a fan. Right. So I guess I wasn't even certain of that. So uh yeah, the access where you can almost literally just sort of walk up um uh you know of course you're gonna you're gonna pay a, a decent ticket but then why not uh explore the entire studio space and that might even be because you have a unique situation with the white Sox, and not every team has the um the dual training site uh you know you could technically you know double your fun i mean who's a dodger fan but i mean in case you just love <laughs> baseball enough um you know go you know go check them out there's always something happening you have no you have no real excuse to be bored at camelback ranch there's way too much stuff going on there's like 300 baseball players there doing something somewhere um like even the little the little tiny diamond where i think they just basically do like bunting drills and they get the little tiny diamond next to the batting cages and it's a crazy complex and it is you know i mean I mean, you, you could definitely get lost there. And two days, I, I assume, two days just isn't enough. I mean, you really want like a week or something. Come on. I made that comment to say <laughs> driving back. I'm like, 
Okay, next time we come, we're gonna we're gonna stay for like a week. Um, because like I feel that we we got a lot done, but like we still could have even like enjoyed it and immersed ourselves in, in it even more. Um, so we'll, we'll be back. All right. Oh, see, there you go. Count back ranch. Hey, listen, <laughs> not saying you gotta take care of the sage bone box here, but come on, hey. They're promising they're coming back maybe as soon as 2024. Uh, okay, no commercial break here to sag here, but um, okay, let's pretend I'll just um, space out a little bit. Okay, we're back from another break, and we are going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. Uh, it's something that seems like, I mean, we talked about it the very last podcast, back when it was called something else, number 138, we talked at, at some length about the World Baseball Classic and how it does seem to be catching people's interest in a way that's very different. And now, unfortunately, we've seen it take a turn where the debate is when should it be played should it be played guys are getting hurt it's that's terrible you know we hate it and those are usually you know like you know grandpa takes but uh you know there are people who do feel that way as well clearly the excitement for it and the players excitement for it is something very different and i can't imagine there's anybody playing for their country who is sort of yawning through it saying ah you know i could be doing this or i could be back at camelback ranch playing a game against the cubs i don't think there's any comparison the difference here is whereas maybe before it meant more to the players than fans it does seem like fans have really uh caught up and gotten into it uh you two did get to see one of the games live so tell me about that experience, because it certainly was different than what you've seen at Camelback Ranch and at Goodyear in these last uh, two days uh, in, in many ways, including volume of people. And I'm sure excitement attached to it. Uh, it's just seeing fans from like everywhere, not even just the States, uh, just like in everywhere in general. Like we well, yeah, we saw a lot of like Colombia fans, but we even saw like some Mexico fans some like Puerto Rico fans, uh, just like all just in there enjoying the game, just like being there. I thought that was just really cool because you never get to see that happen. Um, and then just, I don't, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It was just so surreal. It was definitely one of my favorite games I've been to ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it seems like it would be like almost a baseball Olympics. It really is the closest we have yeah. to an Olympics, right? So you're getting this interaction of, of, of fan, you know, not just the teams, of course, who would never necessarily run into each other, but you got fans sitting next to each other, like, you know, the, the Mexican fans, you know, are, are carrying over from the game they saw earlier or whatever, or they just want to, you know, they're here, they want to see games. Uh, I mean, that is a unique experience. You're not going to get. As much as there's a mix of fans at Sox Park or any other park, you're not going to get that in the way uh, you guys got it. So you, you did really see sort of a baseball Olympics, and that's pretty neat. I So for me, I feel a lot of time, like you go to Sox games, and of course, you know, you've got your diehards and, and you know, who are into kind of like every pitch. But then there's a lot of, <laughs> he's tapping me on the shoulder. <laughs> But then there is also a significant amount of more of like the casual fan, right? Who's just, you know, go in, it's Sunday and it's cheap and you bring your family and it's a day out or whatever. Um, or, you know, a lot of people use it as a social gathering too, which great, all good stuff. I'm not saying it's bad, but the WBC, the, those fans were there to watch baseball. Mm-hmm. Like they were in every pitch, like it, it didn't seem that there were a lot of people like leaving in between innings to go get sessions or anything. I mean, people were like dialed in. And I think as fans, you were feeding off of the players who were treating it like a playoff atmosphere, you know, every ball, every, you know, every play, you know, they're 
Mookie Betts is out there like Superman, like flying, mm-hmm. you know, attacking the ball. And Mike Trout, literally Captain America, taking that team mm-hmm. on his back and just <laughs> saying, you know, I am Captain America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and so it was, to, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. <laughs> and I mean, I've been to Field of Dreams, playoff games, you know, you name it. And while those are all awesome too, like this has its own unique feel to it. And I would encourage like any fan who ever gets the opportunity to do it. So and I, I think I read it's coming back in 2026. Um, if you're, you know, out here seeing spring training or you're in Florida seeing spring training or you're looking to do something fun as a trip, absolutely make it a WBC experience because it was cool. <laughs> yeah, see, even as you two are talking, I've not had this experience. And of course, I've not had any sort of Olympic experience. I've just had the regular old run of the mill. Okay. Uh, World Series games or whatever. Okay. Big deal. <laughs> but listen, when you hear these guys talk, like I think Francisco Lindor is, is one who came out, I think coming out in the aftermath of the, the injury to his his team's closer uh, and saying, you know, this is, you, you can say what you want about the playoffs and all that. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mischaracterize what he said, but essentially I think what he's trying to communicate was this, this is super important to us. This is maybe the most important thing to us. And obviously none of us are players in these games, but if you haven't had the experience that even you two have had, I can't understand that. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to think I'm smarter than Francisco Lindor and say, Oh, well that he's silly. You know, what is he talking about? That's so dumb. Of course, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but I can't, I also can't connect with that to say like, okay, wait, this, you know, this, this isn't the world series. This is, it's hard for me to compute. You having been there say, Oh yeah. I mean, Melissa, you're getting goosebumps talking about it clearly. And then that's not even like the championship game. You know, you're seeing games to qualify the, the U S uh, or another team, you know, in, in, you know, further on in the tournament. So, I mean, it's a relatively, it's a lower level level game even. And yet there's something that's caught you up about it that, that I guess would be at least a, somewhat akin to a playoff atmosphere even though this isn't like your team per se or exactly your team it's just a, you know a couple players from our team uh on the team you're watching and rooting for but uh, i think unless you're there it, it would be hard because i mean just in talking to you i can't i'm not getting goosebumps i'm understanding what you're saying but i you know i don't have that experience to say oh yeah i remember when that happened and wow you know it blew me away and i was so proud when you know my team won or whatever so uh you know your recommendation i, I don't think is is um light in any way and you know although you know if you haven't been there you might not understand and i would hope most people would be curious enough to say hey maybe i should check this out i mean if you have the means to do it uh because it does sound like something that is completely unique and if you're not going to get to an olympics which is i'm sure it's own you know like its own crazy animal i mean this is just baseball olympics i mean that's the best olympics right i mean who come on no offense to you know (laughs) <laughs> rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics or water polo or whatever, but come on, baseball Olympics is the best Olympics. And, and you got to uh, uh, play a part of that um, specific moments, uh, you know, from, from the, from the game uh, you, you saw, or, you know, was there anything that really jumped out there aside from just the electricity, maybe from, from pitch one? I mean, it was like any time, like there was a walk, or a base hit. I mean, everybody stood up and like, we, we had amazing seats. We were in um, left center field and we had the front row. Um, and like we were sitting next to some uh, Rockies fans and some, um, Dodgers fans and like everybody would stand up and like start pounding on the outfield wall. I mean, so it was like, (laughs) anytime there was action, it was just 
you know, USA, like, mm. I mean, a base hit, everybody's chanting USA, USA, wow. you know? And so like, just super patriotic. So I wouldn't like say there was anything like any one like moment, mm-hmm. um, but it was just more of the, those every little moments of any action, like it was all chanting USA and high five people, high fiving. And um, yeah, it was just, it like, so I would, you know, for people who are like baseball fans, you know, you, you wanted as a team, go to the playoffs, you want to go see the hall of fame, you know, visit different yeah. stations and things like that. Like WBC should be on your list because it's, it's, it's an baseball experience that you can't get any other way. Like I can't sit next to a Rockies fan and a Dodgers fan <laughs> and we're all rooting for the same yeah. thing. <laughs> like you yeah. can't get that anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What made you, Melissa, uh, book the tickets in the first place? What, I mean, it had to be to some degree curiosity. You didn't have the experience to say like, oh, my God, I know how awesome this is. Uh, was it just like, well, this is not once a lifetime, but once every few years. So let's do it. Or what What made you even click the ticket versus maybe just try to see like one more Sox game or something? Right. Yeah. And I think it just I had seen something about it being here, you know, when we were here. And I was like, oh, well, let me just look. And I went on StubHub and the tickets were super cheap. That's the other thing for like a really cool experience. The tickets were super reasonable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know, what the heck, like it's at night, we're not doing anything at night. Mm -hmm. Let's give it a try. And then like kind of building it, it started to build more and more and more before we even went. And so we got more excited, you know, the closer it got from just, Oh, let's see what, what's going to happen. And I think it's because of the caliber of players that are on that yeah. team this time around that, yeah. you know, there's been so much more media buildup about it. And then, you know, the, the games leading up to it. And so, yeah, so it was just kind of a shot in the dark. Let's do it. We're going to be here. Why not? It's cheap. And to like, I'm so glad we did it. And if I ever got an opportunity mm-hmm. again, I would go in a heartbeat. Okay. So be talked about going to Miami. <laughs> So be honest then we're then before you had this experience and before you're desperate just to see a baseball game after the rain out and the, and the other <laughs> delay, uh, were you more like me? Like, okay, this seems like it might be interesting. I mean, I imagine you, you couldn't have known what it was going to be until you were there. Right. So once you were there, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're here. Right. Cause you couldn't have really known before you actually walked into the gate that it was going right. to be what it was going to be. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I think it was just casual fan, like, oh, it's just another cool baseball opportunity to like, I rank it up there with some of my top baseball experiences that I've had. So, and and Sage, you, you know, I mean, unfortunately haven't got a world series game yet, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's coming, it's, you know, it's coming, but uh, for you, it it really is like the, you know, is it, how does it rank? Is it like, maybe your favorite game yet or, or pretty close to it because this is, I mean, this yeah, is close it, to maybe world series as you've gotten. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's pretty close. I would say it's my second favorite game mm-hmm. besides the playoff game in mm-hmm. 21. Um, uh, that one you, I, you just can't beat until, you know, something else, but yeah, that was just crazy. Just the atmosphere around that. But yeah, I, like going into it, I mean, I didn't really, think of anything of it like oh yeah it's kind of like the uh 
over the uh, soccer is like World <laughs> Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's kind of, kind of, kind of going to be like that. And then you just go in and you're like, this is if, like yeah. sports is way cooler. Like when I was in watching World Cup, I'm like, oh, okay, because I'm not really interested in that. But when you're interested in, like, I'm interested in baseball, it's definitely way mm-hmm. inter- more interesting. And it's just something about rooting for your country too yeah. that just makes it like so much more better now sage your first playoff game then was uh their playoff win against houston then that was that was your first okay Uh, melissa your first playoff game um 1993 okay first home game of 1993 that would have been a loss right because they won on the road but they didn't okay so they lost they lost yes my first uh 83 they got killed by Baltimore. Oh, that game was so bad. We were in the armpit of the Comiskey, in Comiskey Park. <laughs> we got in the park. That was so awesome. We had tickets to game five. Uh, and yeah, they got just clubbed. They got beat up, manhandled by Baltimore. Uh, it was, it was crushing. I don't think I, I think I cried when Tito Lander hit the, hit the home run, but I was watching on TV. So we were due to go to game five. So, okay. Loss. Loss. Oh, Sage, you're way ahead of us. Yeah, you know, okay. I mean, we got the Leori Garcia. Yeah, Leori <laughs> always has a special place in your heart, Sage. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's a good way to start. So I predict uh, World Series wins uh, for your future. Now you may be an old man, but I do see it <laughs> happening for you. No, no doubt about it. You got off to the right start in a way that uh, your mom and, and me did not, unfortunately. Well, but The uh, guy next to us um, today when we we're at at the park, um, when Rakan came over and was talking to us, um, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going all the way, doing World Series. And Rick's like, from God's lips to mm. your ear, from your ears to God's lips or whatever the phrase is. So uh <laughs> Yeah. So the guy next to me and Rick Hahn says, yeah. Hey. hey, Rick, he made the comeback. You know, when, when you had left me and said, yeah, he sort of blew you off. Boy, he was, you know, his Q, his, his uh, Q factor was heading down, but at least he came back, gave you the autograph, self-deprecation. Not too bad. <laughs> he rallied. He made a comeback. <laughs> Not as clean as Ken did, but I mean, right. hey, at least he rallied for you. That's good. And, All and right, he wanted to send you some love too. Nancy, I told All Nancy. Right. She's like, he's so sweet. And, <laughs> and she's like, and you must be really good at your job to have him for your boss. I'm like, well, thank you. I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I think Nancy rounds everybody up about 300%, but God bless you, Nancy. I thank you. I'm every bit as good as you think I am. What a sweetheart. All right. Well, that is awesome. And listen, hobnobbing with White Sox executives and White Sox legends like Nancy Faust. It's a bowling box with us here uh, on Southside. Oh, it's not Southside, is it? No, we don't oh, say Southside oh. anymore. You know, if I actually did any work on this podcast, I'd edit that out. But you know what? Um, there was no, there the was no socks in there. So we don't know what South, Southside or where. Anyhow, listen, it's the Chicago Baseball Podcast, and soon enough it'll be something else, but we don't know when, so right now we're just in limbo. I don't even actually know if I can post this immediately. We're going to see what sort of limbo we're in, so maybe it'll be the regular season. We'll look back. This will be a look back two weeks earlier to the middle of spring training, back before um, this guy got hurt or Pedro decided (laughs) to resign his job or whatever, or the U.S. uh, Team USA won the World Baseball Classic. We'll see. We'll see if this is a look back or not, but uh, thanks for listening, and thanks to both of you for taking time out working so hard on the ground and getting it done for us at spring training and hey maybe we'll do it again next year that'd be sweet sounds good
Thanks everybody for listening and watching whatever you're doing, whatever this is called, whatever number it is, whoever I am, we know who they are. It's Sage Bolenbach and Melissa Sage Bolenbach. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back probably sooner than you're ready for us.